Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. The playoffs are in full swing, and we are here today to talk about the Texas Rangers, um, which seems a little strange, but we're going to do another deep dive uh, because we we need we want to do these a little bit more frequently to make sure we get through all 30 yeah, teams we, we eventually. Were the, we were looking at the cadence of releases, and we're like, oh, we're going to be doing this for the next 11 years. Uh, I think we need to speed it up. And we've heard people. So so Texas, as we all know, is not playing baseball any longer this season. They... they uh, in fact, they're uh, still on our list of teams that have never won the World Series. So we're still in that vein right now. I think if you were a Ranger fan, the season's rebuild came along a little bit quicker than you were. You know, it's, things are coming along. You, your lineup is looking better with some of the young players that you have in our upcoming. You're, you're looking for some pitching. You're looking for a lot of pitching. Looking for a lot of pitching. But you, you at least have things to be excited about. And the team was better than you expected given that you knew you were going into a full rebuild despite your free agent, free agent acquisition. Well, and talking about that, so obviously Corey Seager is going to be there for a long time, but Semyon was a, is a free agent. So you know, when you thought about them this season at, at the Keystone combination there, that's a pretty powerful twosome, and it, and it didn't work out for the Rangers, but I don't know. Do you think they're going to keep Semyon? I, I don't think so. I think he'll sign somewhere else, but that frees them up money to hopefully invest in some pitching. All right, because they're going to need that. But the, the history of the franchise, so as you as you put it, is uh, you think that's even more interested than the interesting than the individual players that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think you know we've talked about all the players, so we, we will obviously talk about them and more so their context of being Texas Rangers. But to me, I think it's more interesting to discuss the history of these teams because I think when you're talking about these teams, there are a lot of these things that you really only know about these fans on a historical context if you've been a fan of them your whole life and you've been you know really immersed in that fan culture. And I think that's what's more interesting is like I, I always know and when, when I do have the research for these episodes, I end up learning, learning, you know, a lot of different right. things as we go through this because, OK, yeah, I mean, I knew them, you know, my, my history with the Texas Rangers really kind of begins with Rafael Palmero and Juan Gonzalez in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. But before that, I mean, I know that Nolan Ryan I think pitched for them. He did pitch for them at a different stage of his career. Yes, he did. But you know, I don't really know what they were like when they first came into the majors. Certainly. Well, and 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 so because they were started uh, after I was born, uh, back in in 1961, the Senators were born. But this is not the original Senators, of course, because those Senators um, that played there when Walter Johnson pitched Game Seven in the '24 World Series, Washington Senators. So so right, the Washington Senators were a, a perennially last place team that only won the World Series in 1924 um, and they lost in 33 uh, and then the old thing with the Senators was first in war first in peace last in the American League <laughs> and, and Washington was just been a doormat so th- it went so badly there that eventually in 1960 they went to Minnesota and became the twins so the Griffith family uh, Calvin Griffith is the guy that comes to mind but there are other Griffiths and uh, sort of a somewhat notorious history of, uh, of things that they're not necessarily proud of uh, but owned that team and ran that thing Griffith State was where they played mm-hmm. um, so that's the, how I, I, I came in. but I was confused as a kid because all of a sudden there was another Washington Senators team but they had moved to Minnesota I, I, it took me a little while as a young baseball fan to figure out that they had reborn another team in Washington as so this the is Washington Senators, Senators. 
like part two, basically. Exactly, exactly. And and they were no better, by the way, um, in, so they in, still in, that, in that second incarnation in Washington from 1961 to 1972 uh, when they moved to Texas and became the Rangers. So they leave Washington and then in the, in the late early 70s, they become the Rangers. And that's when they officially start playing out of Texas. Right, right. And, and so, you know, Dallas is a, is a big up and coming market. Uh, you know, the, 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 it had everything had been moving west, obviously starting uh, in '58 uh, with the Giants and the Dodgers. So, uh, so basically, you know, this was just more how the big the game was going. And what's just amazing to me is they they've only been to two World Series, and you they were those both World recent Series, World right? Series. Right, 2010 and 11. So when they initially moved to Texas, were they any good? Um, I think they have made the playoffs, I think something like eight times, but I can't think if they ever won a division title um, uh, as the Texas Rangers. Let me think about that. They, they, interestingly enough, when they came in uh, 1972, they moved from the Eastern division uh, to the Western division. That divisional play started in 1969, right? So they're the Washington senators in 69. So they play in the East against the Yankees and the, and the Tigers, and they moved to the West division in 1972 uh, when they well, started. You're moving to the West at the height of those out- Oakland A's teams. So those Oakland A's teams were really good right around. Right, there, right, right. So they they had I, I they uh, I think they had a guy named uh, J- Jeff Burrows won the AL MVP. He was a, uh, a power hitter uh, and and he was their best player, I guess, for a I while. Mean, I would kind of assume that the guy that won the MVP was the best player. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> he was their best player for a few years. I'm saying, um, but they never made the playoffs uh, basically at, at that time until in, until later on into the 90s. So you know that that culture of not being successful, it's got to be rough. And they had, a, a, as you mentioned, a great pitcher on that team in Nolan Ryan at, at a later latter part of his career, but he still was excellent for he, the Rangers. He still threw a few that, no hitters. I think for me is that he played for the Astros, the Angels, and the Rangers all at different parts of his career, and then but those teams moved around what league they were in. So I never know. Like he threw a no. I'm sure he threw a no hitter or two for the. The Rangers. Yeah, I think I think so too. Uh, I, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. And uh, I think that you know, if you're a Ranger fan, you know you thought you had it together. I think later on in 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 2010 and 2011, but it's it's always been um, an odd franchise. I don't know if you re- know that George uh, H. Excuse me, George W. Bush owned was an ownership group that owned the Texas Rangers before he was president, and he and he owned it. When Nolan Ryan, so okay, so Nolan Ryan, when he was with them, he recorded his 5,000 strikeout, his 300 win, and he got his sixth and seventh no hitter with the Rangers. His 5,000 strikeout was Danny Heap of the Mets. I remember watching that, I think. So <laughs> he achieved a lot of, because I, I will say, when I was growing up, I do kind of have in my image, I remember him as a Ranger pitcher. Yes, yes. More than anything else. Yeah, yet that, that to most of us that remember him, you know, uh, he came up with a team called the Mets. Right. Uh, and then went to the Angels, then went to the Astros, and then went to the Rangers. But, like, I remember when I think of him as a player, if I imagine him with a uniform on, I imagine him with a Ranger uniform. That would be very few of us out there, right. I think. Because that's the that's <laughs> Right. Probably, at the time that you became aware of, of who, him. Yeah. Of who, I don't even think he's one of the top players in war uh, for them of all time. So uh, Tom, Tom Hicks bought the team uh, all the way in 1998 uh, and he had lots of money and he threw that money around he threw it at a rod he threw it at a rod and that that contract that a rod got that 10 years for 252 million um was 
really a, a big news item, right? I mean, that that happened, that that kind of money was thrown into play had not happened before. Um, and A-Rod only ended up playing three years in Texas. Right, because that deal became an albatross for them very quickly. And and there, there's a team that, you know, was willing to take him off their hands, and uh, he ended up going to the Yankees. Uh, and thank goodness for A-Rod that they had 2009, or else I think his tenure with the Yankees would have a lot darker cast to right, it than that, it that does. Right, that 2009 World Series saves a lot for A-Rod there. So, you know, the, the Rangers just, just really had trouble sustaining excellence. You know, they, they, they would maybe have a good season in 81. They almost made the playoffs, but they lost, and Oakland won. Uh, and, and then they had, you know, the, the 90s, they had... Good players in the '90s. Uh, Johnny Oates was managing the team. Uh, he had a manager of the year. He had a guy named Juan Gonzalez win a couple of MVPs. And you thought, you know, with with Ivan, uh, Ivan John Pudge Wet- Rodriguez, John Wetland was their closer, I believe. You know, they had some players like Aaron Seeley was a good pitcher for them, and Rick Helling. But they just <laughs> couldn't get over, you know, the hump in the playoffs. Sort of like the Twins, you know difficulty in right. the playoffs they and had the, trouble winning they, they struggled for a long time certainly through the 2000s but then at the you know at the turn of 2010 they won two al pennants you know i mean ron washington was managing them at the he's time he's the all-time winningest manager for the rangers but they were able to suddenly take that previous struggle that they had and kind of getting over the line in the playoffs and in back-to-back years get the AU, you know go to the world series now they were not successful in either one of those campaigns obviously which i think Makes that era probably not stick as well in a lot of people's minds that they were an elite team in the AL for that that period of time because they never ended up winning the World Series. And I think we would look back on that those Ranger teams differently had they won one of those years. And when you get to this stage of the season, like where we are now in the playoffs, right? So you've, you've got uh, uh, one team left in the National League that has never won the World Series. We did the deep dive on the San Diego Padres. Uh, and this is where the Rangers were. They thought they were going to finally get the monkey off their back. Uh, but unfortunately, they lost back-to-back World Series. And, and it was to the uh, Giants and the Cardinals. Uh, and they haven't been even close since. And and I, I think the the thing about the Rangers is, you know, yeah, they had Nolan Ryan, but at a latter part of his career, when, you know, they had Hugh Darvish, but he wasn't the Hugh Darvish that we see even today. They had Hamilton. Right. Josh Hamilton, you know, won an MVP and, and had a much better statistical career than you will imagine. Actually, right. didn't even play 10 years in the major leagues, by the way, which really kind of surprised It's wild me. the impact that he had and for how short a time he did play. But I, I did, I'm talking about the stud pitchers, right? They just... They've never really had their guy. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have their Verlander or or, or their uh, Clayton Kershaw or somebody right. there. That their receiver. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's is it is it the ballpark? Well, the new ballpark, uh, Globe Life Field, where they are today, um, is is. And I, I never, by the way, they were at the ballpark in Arlington before that. It didn't seem like the ballpark in Arlington was around that long, such that you needed another ballpark. I, I never really I understood I that. I, I don't think. I don't think the players never seemed to like the ballpark at Arlington. Though. It was kind of a Homer happy and uh, hitters oriented park, much more so than the current Globe Park, which apparently is a more fair ballpark, if you will. That's that's how they talk about it. They meaning you can hit home runs, but they're not cheapos, right? Um, I think there were a lot of cheapo home runs at, at the ballpark. Yeah. So uh, you know, and and so after after Ron Washington uh, left and. They haven't, you know, they defended their work, their title in eleven and came back in twelve, but they they lost to Oakland. Remember when Oakland would always find a way to get there? And, and that was kind of once they got by them that time, then they just kind of fell off. And they had a lot of older players that were kind of powering those teams, and especially once they lost Hamilton, 
They never really developed another superstar type player. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking him up now because I, I, I don't know how long he was there because he came over from Seattle and he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I think he played there a long time. And, and I have to say that Adrian Beltre would probably be their player. He's probably know? the closest because he came up with the Dodgers. You're then right, you're right. he went to the Rangers and then he finished his career with the Mariners. So he played more years with Texas than any other team. He played eight years with the Rangers, but the last eight years of his career. So not quite maybe the the player that he was. Um, and he was good for them having, you know, continuing to win gold gloves and silver sluggers and being in the MVP race. So I, I would say that if I had to think about, you know, all-time Rangers, he would probably come up pretty high. But they didn't win. Right. You you think about all-time Ranger war guys. You go, oh, man. You know, you go Juan Gonzalez just because I know he played the majority of his career with them. And then I think it's going to be a pretty stark fall off after him just because I think a lot of the other guys that they've had just haven't had the longevity with the franchise. Yeah, okay. So so the number one guy for, for war as a ranger. My guess is Gonzalez. It's Pudge. It's Pudge. Okay, that's yeah. It's Pudge. And, and when you think about it, it makes it makes, makes sense. It makes perfect yeah. sense. So he has fifty war with them. And and so it's as much as how long you played there to accumulate the war you'd need to be an all time right, war exactly. ranger. Like Hamilton, like it will be up on the list, but not that high because he just didn't play that many seasons with them, even if he was very good in the seasons he did play. You mentioned him before, Rafael Palmiero is number two two at 44.6 as a ranger so his best years by far with the rangers right I, I remember a very limited time with the orioles at one point that's about it yeah and and you know and he was there during you know during their sort of late juan gonzalez years but didn't make it to the world series here he was already gone at right. that point only played five years for texas well actually he had two stints in texas oddly enough he played 10 years uh, what i didn't realize he played five years left and went to baltimore for five years came back to texas for five years went back to baltimore for two years that's a weird career that is kind of weird <laughs> so back and forth between the you same you don't see that too often <laughs> no no and 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 we're not going to get into the whole thing with uh no know, uh, uh rafael Pamela, but he did collect most of his war his career war which is still pretty impressive uh with uh, the rangers uh, 44 with the rangers 71 for his career pretty good yeah 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 that's gonna anyway we'll, we'll we'll get back to that another time so adrian beltre is third on the all-time war yeah. list for them at 41 um a guy named buddy bell who we've talked about on this podcast and really he's fifth fifth all-time with the rangers because he played the bulk of his career with the rangers he did play with the indians for a number of years uh but he but played he that was like late in his eight career. years no he played he started with the indians actually oh. so eight years with the texas and seven years with cleveland so he played other places as well so but he that's enough on the rangers to to do that ian kinsler he played with him a long time. This is a really interesting player. So if you had to guess what Ian Kinsler's career war would be, what would you guess? 25. 54.1. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So He had some really monster years, right? If I, so I said so, he, he he missed 2,000 hits by one. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. 257 home runs. For a second baseman primarily, right? Right, right. Uh, absolutely. A gold glove second baseman, mind you. Um, batted 269 for his career. Um, his career ops, though, was 337 on base. Okay. Did he have a season where he like got close to winning an MVP? Uh, he finished uh, 11th nah. one time, so that's as close as he got. He did lead the league in plate appearances and at-bats in, in 2014. Uh, but, but the fact that he had 257 home runs at second base, and now, he had 243 stolen bases between those two things. I now think that you that, said Ian Kinsler, there's another guy on this list I'm expecting to be up there, and that's Michael Young. Very good. So Michael Young, and by the way, his his number is retired. So there's something about Michael Young, and he won a 
batting title in Texas. He played his whole they career. love this guy. He played his whole career there. And if there are any Ranger fans that want to talk more about, I wonder if it's like a community thing. Like he did a lot for the community because he was just a lifelong. Ranger. So Michael Young is thirteenth all time. So he's we're going to talk about a, lot, yeah. a bunch of guys before him. There's a good call on him, and, and yeah, and he is in the Ranger Hall of Fame, which kind of struck me oddly. And Jim Sunburn, I think, is also uh, was a, a, a catcher. He might be in the Hall of Fame as well. And you can always see that when a guy plays, he played his first like eight years or nine years for Texas, maybe 10. And then he goes and he plays other places and he comes back and he plays his last year in 1989 for Texas. Sort of like we loved you when you were here for so long. You were our guy, our catcher. Um, And, you know, by catcher standards, 40.5 career war. Pretty good. Not with the Rangers, but overall. um, He was a solid major league catcher. Right, that's a good major league catcher. No more. You know, I think you you can say it's... Uh, you know that it should you should have higher numbers. You would you love know? for him to have higher numbers, right? But you know, so um, Charlie Huff. Mm, I don't know. What do you know about Charlie Huff? Don't. So he came up with the Dodgers, I believe, um, and, and he did in 1970. He was a knuckleballer. Hmm. Charlie Huff pitched 25 years in the major leagues. It sounds like a knuckleballer. He had 216 wins and 216 losses. That's a very knuckleball-y, right? You know, to have that that kind of a stat. You know, there, he that, either wins or he doesn't. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much thirty eight hundred big league innings. So you know, this guy was just a horse because he could go out and throw that darn knuckleball. He could uh, pitch. He could uh, just throw it endlessly. And and he pitched for Texas for a number of years. Thirty two six WAR for Texas. That's pretty good for a knuckleballer. So, uh, here's another player that I don't know that you'll remember, but I remember him uh, coming up and being a real star. He came up with the Senators before they moved to Texas. It's already doubtful now because you're saying a guy played on the Senators. And so. I, I, I can't believe that his last year playing was 1986, so it's before you were around. Uh, and he did come back and play his last two years in Texas after going other places. That's Toby Hara. He no. had a career 51-5 war. Uh, again, middle infielder. Um, third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, batted 264 with 1,100 runs scored, um, and a, a 365 on base, 114 career ops. That's like the Rangers have had always had a history of having like good hitting middle infielders, and he did most of that his damage with with Texas. So Juan Gon was was is ninth on on the all time list. Surprising, just really surprised that a guy that played uh, you know so many 13 years with the Rangers, two MVPs. This guy, obviously, we've talked about him before. I thought he was going to be up near the top. So a career minus 11-6 war defensively. Uh, but I think the end of his career, he mostly was DH, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say he was. Right? So, uh, But he, you know, this guy had what you'd consider to be in the old days, career stats that would be like 295 career average. Okay, Ray, we talked about as an all-time 434 career home runs right. and stuff like like 1400 RBIs, 38-7 WAR. So just something about this guy. So that's why he's so far down also on the Texas list because he's also fall down on the overall list. Yeah, um, Kenny Rogers, the gambler, uh, Met fans just I, I just have trouble saying this guy's name. Right, so you don't remember when Kenny Rogers walked in the winning rung against the Braves playing in the playoffs? For I the Mets. do. That, that was a because I like aw- Kenny Rogers, and that hurt. Awful, awful moment. So I won't say anything else about Kenny Rogers here. Um, Elvis Andrus, who seemed to play about eight thousand years for the Rangers, three different times. He just seemed to play about eight thousand years in general. But actually, he only played for them in, in one stretch, twelve straight years, and then they cast him off. And another guy whose you know career, I guess is better than I, I thought. You know, you guessed low for Ian Kinsler's war. How about Elvis Andrus' career war? 
35? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, 33. Very good, very good. So he's you know, right there. Um, Big Frank Howard, who was uh, a Met coach in 86, but he was six foot seven and a home run hitter. That is big. Um, at the time, uh, first baseman. Um, he is also high on the career because he came from the Senators when he was one of their, one of their mm. players. There's your Michael Young at 13. There's a guy called A-Rod at 14 all-time for Texas. It's impressive that he was right. 14 with only like four seasons. He only played three seasons with Texas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the his, three seasons in Texas. Those three seasons are, must be are, are, are ridiculous. He had 156 home runs in three seasons for Texas. 395 RBIs. Are you kidding me? 305, 395, 615, 1.011 on the ops plus. Wow. Excuse me, ops. 155 ops plus. Wow. Okay. So A-Rod was clearly at his very best you know, in Texas. And what did that get him? It got him shipped to New York. Didn't quite go as well. He got a World Series. He got a, yeah, yeah, he got a World Series, and he he he, he deserved that uh, performance. Josh Hamilton follows up. Um, uh, yeah, you know, you just because he he played less than ten seasons, and not all of them with the Rangers. Right, right. I just I was really surprised to see that he didn't play. So here's a guy I I remember his name. You won't know the guy's name, and so I kind of looked at him because I think they, they they love Rusty Greer. So he 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 has he. Had a short short career. He only played nine years, uh, but he, they were all for the Rangers. So I think they retired his number two because he, he got hurt. So batted three oh five for his career, uh, three eighty seven on base, four seventy eight slugging, and one hundred nineteen ops plus. That's a really good career for his entire career, all with Texas. Right, yeah. and you've never heard of him. I think I've we've I've heard of his name. Right, right. I'm just saying that. And by the way, I haven't thought about Rusty Greer since the last time he played a baseball game. So it's not like you know, you know, I'm thinking about the guy. Um, Hall of Famer Her- Ferguson Jenkins had some good time with them, and now you're getting down to the bottom. Mark Teixeira, you remember he played well for the Rangers. Right, in those but years now you're gonna get into guys that had just good stretches with them. And then you know, even Julio Franco and like I'm and expecting Ruben like Sierra. I'm expecting Nelson Cruz to show up down here. Nelly Cruz is not on this really? list. Wow. So you uh, Darvish makes it near the bottom mm-hmm. um a guy named pete o'brien P- pete o'brien yeah a yep. guy named pete o'brien and the and the last guy in the top 24 is a guy that we think should 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 be you know hall of fame considered strongly is kevin brown yeah because he got like a season in there with them at some point or two so overall uh they have a 475 winning percentage in the history Ooh. of the organization i thought it'd be worse <laughs> right, like, like I think it speaks to that, that like they've been better than people think. It's just they haven't been good in a while now recently, so they seem worse as a result. The winningest manager is, of course, Ron Washington, yep. but only just six sixty four and six eleven, barely fifty two percent winning percentage. So you know it'd be nice to see better days for the Rangers. I think that they, you know, they're trying to trend in the right direction. All you can hope is you time it up well with the downfall of the Astros. Yeah, well, you know, I don't don't be waiting for that for next year. No, we got a few years on that. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Hoops.